Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kima, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Just welcome you again this morning, and, and thank you for joining us. Let's recite our mission statement. It is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Uh, an intimate, personal relationship with the Lord is the target of this ministry. Everything that we do is to drive us to that personal, intimate relationship with Him. And when we have that relationship, it will transform our life. It will transform the lives of our family. It will transform the lives of the people around us. Let's recite our vision statement. It is to become disciples who will impact the world with the love of Jesus Christ. And intimacy with Christ is where it begins, and as we get his heart, and as we have his passion and desires for the things that he's passionate about, then that will inspire us to reach others around us. Because I'm telling you, there are people all around us that God has placed in our path that need to know the hope and the love of Christ that we know about and that we have. And when we have this this relationship with him, we have a greater, more insatiable thirst and hunger for him, for a depth of this relationship. And we want to bring as many people into the kingdom of God as we can. We want to be a light in a dark world. We want to be a brighter light even where there's light because there are Christians that need to see us go out and live this thing out in a real and a practical way. And our lives should demonstrate an intimacy with Jesus so that others can see what an authentic relationship with him really looks like. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to see it. They want to see people that go out and live it. <laughs> All right. All right. Jesus tells us in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, to go and make disciples of all the world. So he's given us a great commission. He's empowered us with the Holy Spirit. We know that he has all, all authority in heaven and earth. And he said, go, go, you know, come into this intimate relationship with me and then go and share that with other people. So we're in this series, Give, Go, Grow. And to summarize, we give to go, we go to grow. And when we grow, we grow. We're talking about growing in spiritual maturity and to expand the kingdom of God. So let me ask you, is God able I mean, is, do you really think he's able? Okay, tell your, tell your neighbor, God is able. Regardless of what's going on, tell your neighbor, God is able. All right. Let's look at Ephesians 3.20. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Here's the thing. God is not looking for perfect people. He's not looking for someone just like you <laughs> or me. He's looking for people that have a real relationship with him. He's looking for people that are obedient. He's looking for people with godly character that he can work through their lives. And then we get to watch and see all the things that God does through our lives and through us. He's not looking for perfect people. He is perfect, but he's just looking for vessels that he can work through. And last week, we talked about Luke 16.10, and I want to just talk about that for a couple of minutes today. And it says, if you are faithful in little things, 
you will be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you will be dis, you will uh, you will you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. So this Greek word for faithful is pistos, and it means to be faithful, reliable, trustworthy, believing. And we have been faithful, reliable, trustworthy, uh, believing in in the small things and in the large things. And I I think that I can I can say this with complete confidence. We have been exemplary in our stewardship of what God has given us and been very good stewards with everything that he's given us. But it says, but if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And this Greek word for dishonest is adikos, and it means unjust, unrighteous, wicked. So there appears to be, when we look at the scripture, there appears to be a connection with stewardship and honesty. You know, because I think that's an interesting contrast in the scripture. Um, so when, when we've been honest, and we have been honest and just and righteous with small things, then God is going to trust us with more responsibilities. And you know that's true with, with your friends or people that you know or people you work with. Are you going to give them something of, of value and, and, and treasured if they're dishonest or if they're not reliable or dependable? So I think what the scripture is saying is, is when we're good stewards of a little bit, there's a good chance that we're going to be good stewards with larger. And godly character in little things is going to result in godly character in good things. And, and, and larger things. And so what the Lord is saying is that if we're faithful in the little things, then we'll be faithful with more. If we have godly character in the little things, when you go to the store and you get a dollar uh, too much change back, are you, are you bringing correction? Are you giving it back? Because you know they gave you too much change back. You could walk out that door and nobody's going to stop you, but you know. So do we have the godly character in those small things? Because if we have godly character in small things, we're going to have godly character in large things. Let me say it this way. If we don't have godly character in small things, do, are we all of a sudden have godly character in large things? And so there's a correlation, I believe, in stewardship and our character. And the Lord wants to give us more. And we have a great opportunity here to purchase a building. This is a, a great opportunity for us to expand from where we are. And the Lord is opening doors for us to go further and reach more. And uh, we have the opportunity to, exp to, to participate in this as he's wanting to expand. And there are principles in the Bible that Jesus wants us to understand and live out. Do you know that it's one thing to understand something, it's another thing to walk it out or to live it out. The demons from hell know who Jesus is. They understand who he is, but they don't submit to his authority. And so we can understand something, but that's different than walking it out. Truth is truth. And at Life Fellowship, the team leaders understand the heart, the culture, the DNA of this church and what God has called us to. And they not only understand that, but they apply that heart to serving. So uh, we want to love on people. We want them to feel welcomed. We want to, uh, you know, help them to grow in their relationship with Christ. And so we want to demonstrate excellence in all that we do. 
That's the heart. That's the culture. That's the DNA of this church. Now, the task may change if you're on first impressions or if you're on the praise and worship team or wherever you're serving. That task may change, but the heart stays the same. It's to represent, it's to represent Christ to the world and also to each other because we example to one another. We, we're called to help one another, that we can support one another, that we can encourage one another to acts of love and good works is what the word says that we're to do. So Jesus wants us to have his heart. The religious leaders knew the law, but they missed the heart of God. <laughs> and, and, and that's the important part, is that we have his heart. Not that we're caught up in the, the law and the rules and the regulations, but we have his heart, because when we have his heart, then we're going to follow through with what he's asked us to do, and we're going to live this thing out because it's here. It's not just here. So Jesus gives us truth and true principles. Let's look at um, Luke 6, 37 and 38. Jesus is teaching here, and he says, Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, or it will all come back against you. So what I find in my life, and I think maybe you might find this as well, is we judge others based on our standard or our life experiences or through our filters, or our woundedness. Have you ever said, if they would just... But have we walked in their shoes? Do we really know what's going on in their life? Probably not. So we need to allow the Word of God to be the standard in which we view things. And not our emotions, not our experiences, but we should share the truth of God's Word with others in love and grace. Not judging, but simply coming into alignment with his word. His word is the standard. And so when we proclaim his word, then we're just coming into alignment with his word. And what he says, we're not judging. But, uh, you know, if somebody says, well, what about sex outside of marriage? Well, it's wrong. Not because I say so, but because God's word says so. Oh, what about homosexual lifestyles? Well, it's wrong. Because that's what God's word says. So I'm not judging you. I'm just coming into alignment with his word and what he says. What about stealing from the company? You know, I was supposed to get a bonus and they, they robbed me. So I'm just going to take a few items. That's wrong. That's wrong. Because what? God's word said so. So true love will be truthful in the fact that we will love people enough to, to tell them the truth in honesty with grace and love. Not condemning, but in love, not compromising, but sharing his love. Remember the woman that was caught in the act of adultery? She was caught in the act. And of course, we know that we don't know where, where the guy was. They, maybe he was friends of the guys that were going to stone the, the woman or, or whatever. We don't know what happened there. But when we look at that story, we know that, that Jesus began to ride in the dirt, and we don't know what he was riding. Maybe he was writing something about all the people with stones about to stone her. But uh, what did he tell her? He says, where are, your, where are your accusers? Where are they? I don't condemn you. But he doesn't just stop there. He says, go and sin no more. In other words, what, what you were doing was wrong, so stop it. Don't continue to do that. It almost got you killed. <laughs> And it's not good for you. So there's, there's a love there where Jesus is being honest 
And he's saying, look, I, I'm, I'm, I don't condemn you, but stop doing that. And so what is our heart? Is our heart to follow the legalistic, ritualistic regulations of religion? Or is our heart to really serve him and to allow him to infiltrate into our heart? That we have a better understanding of his heart of love for us. But not only do we understand, because we can understand and choose to walk away. But that we would choose to, to follow him and, and do what he's asked us to do. Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will all come back against you. And then it continues, forgive others and you will be forgiven. Do we often think, well, I'll forgive them when they apologize or when they come back to me? But what, what does it say here? He says, forgive others and you will be forgiven. We all need forgiveness. We want the Lord and others to be gracious to us. So are we treating others with the same that we want to be treated with? Jesus is talking about forgiveness here. But he's talking about a truth. He's talking about a principle that's more than just forgiveness. Here's the principle. In verse 38, give and you will receive. That's the principle. One of the principles that he's talking about here is to give and you will receive. And this runs counter to our nature, right? Because we want to receive and then we give. Well, I'll give once I receive. But, but Jesus is saying, give and you will receive. The truth is a flip from our, our nature, but, but it will change our life when we begin to understand his truth and his principle and his word that when we give, you will receive and, it, and he, he, he says here, your gift will return to you in full. Give and you will receive and your gift will return to you in full. Not just the same measure in which we give. I give you this and I get back this, but I give you this and I get back more. I get back much more. And so this is Jesus talking here. And he says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full pressed down, shaken together in, to, make more, to make room for more running over and poured into your lap. And I was thinking about this. I really don't like this example because uh, do any of you like your hands to be sticky? I don't. You know, I, I don't. If my hands get sticky, okay, I know it's kind of weird, but I'm, I'm having a tall moment, all right? I'm being transparent and honest and authentic here. But if, you know, you get cotton candy and it's on this cardboard stick thing, right? And it's about that big. But if you were to maybe put on some gloves, I don't know. Okay. If you were to peel that off and, and scrunch it up, you would find that it's, it's really not that big, right? It's just tiny. And so that is, that's an example, I think, maybe not a very good example, uh, cotton. Okay, maybe cotton is a better example, all right? But if you, if you compress that and you press it down and, and you know, it, you can compact this thing. And this is the principle that, that Jesus is talking about. If we can begin to understand that he'll take what we give and then he compacts it and he presses it down and he shakes it together so that it's running over. It's not just running over, but it's running over into your lap. It's pouring out in abundance. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. 
And then, then the last sentence here, the amount you give will determine the amount you get back. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. So if you take a little bit of cotton candy and, and condense it, then you have a little bit. But if you take one of those big things of cotton candy and condense it, you have more. And so that's, that's part of the principle of what he's getting us, trying to get us to understand here. And I think we have many, many gracious, generous, extravagant givers here in this church. This is a great promise for us. And frankly, many of us know that. That as we give, that God pours back into us. He, he takes what we give, our extravagant gifts, and he expands those things. Well, but he was talking about forgiveness initially. Yes. What if we are extravagant in giving forgiveness? What if we're extravagant in giving love? What if we're extravagant in encouragement and encouraging people? Give, then you will receive pressed down, shaken together, running over, overflowing into your lap. And so as we're talking about uh, the last few weeks, we've been talking about this opportunity to purchase a building. I'm challenging all of us to give extravagantly. The Lord's character and nature is to reciprocate extravagantly. I believe that uh, when what I've seen in my life is that as the Lord begins to speak to us to give, you know, whatever that is, it's like God is setting us up because he's like, listen, when you give, it opens up the windows of heaven because I want to I bless you more. And if I can trust you to give and to obey me and give a little bit, then I know that I can trust you with more. We don't give to get. That's rooted in selfishness. But we give to reflect the heart of God. And you've heard the saying, you can't outgive God. You can't outgive him. <laughs> you know, many of us know that. I mean, you, you, God says give, and we give, and then it just keeps coming. It's like uh, an, he, op he opens the valve, and it starts flowing through the pipeline as we give. He opens the valve more as we give, and it just increases. And so we don't give to get, but we give to honor God and to obey him. And in turn, we see him move in mighty ways. Yes. And I'm not just talking about money here. I'm talking about in every aspect of our life. As we begin to love people more, God pours out his love on us, and, and we begin to build these relationships where love is coming back to us in greater measure. So this is a truth and a principle that Jesus taught. And so as we give, we receive. And it brings greater to us because, one, God knows that he can trust us if he can trust us with a little, we just read about this, right? If we're faithful in a little, he's going to give us more. 2 Corinthians 9, 6-8 says, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. So I want us to invest in more people. So I can scatter a few seeds, and what's going to happen in the garden? I'm going to get a small crop. But if I scatter a bunch of seeds and you scatter seeds, we're going to see a larger increase. We're going to see a larger crop. And so I believe the Lord wants us to expand our territory and have a greater influence. Every year, I think most of you know this, every year we spend about, the church spends, we spend about $3,500 on the sunrise service at the Chemo Boardwalk because we want to invest in the lives of 600, 650 people that are there. 
And then this, this, this year, we took up a collection, and we collected over, I think, right at $4,200. 42? And uh, uh, all of that went to Project Hope. All of that $4,200 went to Project Hope. And so what we're doing is we are giving and we're sowing seeds into people's lives. And some of you are here at this church because you attended the sunrise service at one time or another. But see, we're planting seeds, we're giving, and we're, we're, we're funding this thing, and we're saying, God, we're planting seeds that are going to bring eternal rewards because God can take money and turn it into saved souls. So when we think about, well, that's a lot of money for us. Yeah, it is a lot of money. But, but we're not thinking about this right here. We're thinking about what God is doing because God is able to take that $3,500 and do much more. With it. How can you put a value on a soul and somebody getting saved? And I don't know. I have no idea really the number of people that have received Christ are grown in their relationship, been, in challenge, been challenged to grow in their relationship from the multiple seeds that we planted over the seven or eight or ten years we've been doing this thing. But how do you put a value on that? But God has given to us that we can give to others. So I believe the Lord wants to expand our territory. And we're spreading the good news of Jesus here, but not only here, but in Africa, in Israel, in India, and when I say we, literally we are, because you guys are, are sowing into this ministry, you're, you're giving your tithes and your offerings, and then we take those and we give to other ministries that are pouring out into other ministries, that are pouring out into other people's lives. When we go to India, uh, the last time we, we, uh, we ministered to about 500 pastors, 500 pastors. What if each of those 500 pastors had one person in their congregation or impacted one people, one person? That'd be 1,000 people, right? What if they had two? What if they had three? What if they had 50 people that they were impacting? I mean, do you see how this thing works? And so as we take the little bit or we take what we can to give, then God expands that. And so that's what we're doing here. That every, every Sunday, hopefully you get inspired and you go out and you live this thing out on a daily basis. So uh, you're impacting people that I don't see, that I, that I don't come into contact with, but we're all doing the work of the Lord. And so we're spreading seed. And, and so we are impacting not only this community, but communities around us and even people across the globe. We don't know who's watching online. There could be somebody in Russia watching. That their lives are being impacted. We don't know the depth and, and the width and the breadth of what we're doing. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. And again, many of, of you in this room are very, very generous in your giving. And many of us have learned this truth and this principle. And so spreading more seed is the reason that we do the live stream. We do Facebook Live. We do YouTube. We do all those things. Why? So that we can get the word out. And so when you see those, those feeds on Facebook Live, share them. Come on, man. You, know, you have some influence with some people that, that are not on our feed. So spread those things out. Let's get the word out. And verse 7 says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. What's in your heart? 
Do you have a heart of extravagance? Or do you have a heart of wanting to just give minimally? What is your heart? Don't allow your brain or your logic to negate what your heart is telling you. And one of the things that I've found is when I pray, that sometimes the Lord will speak to me, and then I begin to rationalize and justify and validate or, you know, and I can talk myself out of what my heart is telling, what I know the Lord is telling me. And so we talk about this, that uh, we need to have instant obedience and uh, Delayed obedience is disobedience because we can talk ourselves out of whatever the Lord is leading us to do. So you must decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly. Okay, I want to stop here. Again, this is not about money. It's about our heart issue. And I'm really talking more about money the the past few weeks than, than I typically do because we're talking about getting into a building where we have, uh, that we own, and that we can be better stewards of, and it's an expansion of what God is doing in our midst. So he says, don't give reluctantly. Be ready to give. Uh, A heart condition is going to say, a a proper heart is going to say, hey, you have a need? How can I help? What can I do? What can I do to help? You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. So we have an opportunity uh, like this. When we have an opportunity like this, I believe that God is allowing us to sow into something so that he can expand us, so that he can bless us more. Again, it's not about we don't give to get, but we give to honor him. And when we have opportunities like this, God is providing an opportunity for us to be a part of what's going on. And the thing that that I've seen over and over again, when we respond, he reciprocates. And he reciprocates in a greater measure than my response. And as a church, we have a need, and many of you are stepping up. It's amazing. I'm so excited. In a minute, I'm going to share what you guys gave last week. But again, it's, it's, it's about what can we collectively do together to have a greater impact in our community. And sometimes, again, if you hesitate, you'll talk yourself out of what the Lord's telling you to do. And the Lord usually challenges me in my giving. I'll say, okay, you know, you ever do this? You come up with a number? You're like, okay, yeah, that's a good number. And the Lord says, no, let's double that. (laughs) Or more than that. And, and, And almost always it's a stretch. But what I see is the Lord faithful and just giving back and pouring more. It, it, you know, I don't, I don't understand how this works. I just know it works. And so God sets us up for more blessings. And let me tell you, this will transform your life. As I've talked about before, there are three levels of giving. Tithing, which we teach the first 10% of our increase belongs to the Lord. It doesn't belong to us, so we return that. We're not giving that to him. He already owns that. That belongs to him. And he says, if you give me the first not the last, the first 10%, I will bless the 90, and the, ni- the blessed 90 is going to go a lot further than an unblessed 100%. So there's tithing, then there's offerings. So whenever we have like a guest speaker come, I'm asking you to give above and beyond your, your tithe that you will give an offering to the ministry or whatever that is. And then there's extravagant 
offerings. And that's what we're talking about here, is that we will give extravagantly to this building fund. So I'm asking you to give above and beyond your tithes and offerings, because we still have our regular bills to pay. But I'm asking you to give above and beyond your regular tithes. Um, it's an opportunity to express our extravagance and our giving hearts. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in uh, response to pressure, for God loves a, a cheerful giver. And when I think about this, it should be a joy that we give. I know that when we write out our, our Todd checks, it's a joy for us. It's not, oh, I've got to write this check out. No, it's a joy for us. And that's how it should be. And so I love returning... Why my computer's doing this? Uh, I love returning the first of our increase to the Lord and then seeing what he's doing in the midst of lives around us and people around us from our giving. And then when we get to give extravagantly, then I, I love that even more because we get to give on a, on a higher level. And, it, you know, when we get this heart and when we, when we get this understanding and then when we begin to walk this thing out, literally, it will change your life. Because it does a couple of things. We begin to see how God moves on our behalf. And then as he, he asks us to give more extravagantly, we're like, oh, wait, I remember what, what happened last time, how we gave and how blessed we were for giving and how God met all of our needs. So I'm not going to manipulate. I'm not going to try to coerce anybody to give. I just want you to understand that this is a great opportunity for us to be a greater blessing. And then watch and see what God does. He says in Malachi, he talks about, you know, bringing the tithe, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. And he says, test me in this. Just watch. I dare you. <laughs> just begin to do this. And he says, I will provide supernaturally. I will protect your crops, and, and everywhere you go, everything that you do will be blessed. So I'm asking you to give above and beyond your tithe toward this building fund. And really, it's, it's not about the money. It's about our heart. Do we have an extravagant heart? Here's another truth and another promise. 2 Corinthians 9.8, And God will generously provide all you need. So I asked you earlier, is God able? Yes. <laughs> I mean, do you really believe he's able? Yes. We give with the right heart and he promises to generously provide all we need. Let's go back to Luke 6.38. Give and you will receive, the amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Let's continue on here in 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. That's his promise. That's his word to us. But see, we don't believe his word because we'll say, well, I'll give when I receive. And he's saying, no, you give. You give. And watch and see what I do. Watch and see what I do. So this is a physical and a spiritual principle of truth. 
Because we know that if we plant a few seeds, we're going to get a few crops. But if we plant a lot of seeds, we get a lot of crop. So the same is, thing, the same is true with this spiritual principle and truth. This is where direction from the Lord is important. Because I can think, all right, I, I can come up with a number. But what if I say, God, what do you want me to give? And it's probably going to be different than I would think. And the Lord, again, the Lord has usually challenges us, challenges me to give more. But I, but I really, really believe because he wants to bless us more. You understand? It's not about the money. It's about the heart. What is my heart? Is my heart willing to trust him? Is my heart willing to obey what he's asking me to do? And so the Holy Spirit wants us to be extravagant givers, not just in money, but in forgiveness, love, encouragement, all of those things. And, you know, like I talked about last week, Solomon could have sacrificed one bull, and that would have been sufficient. But we read that he sacrificed a thousand offerings. And what did God say to him that night? He said, Solomon, what do you want? Ask for anything, and I will give it to you. Was it about the sacrifice of the thousand offerings? No, it was about the heart. That God saw his heart and he said, you know, here's a man that will trust me. Here's a man that will give extravagantly. Here's someone that I can trust because there's a correlation between stewardship and character. And I think what God saw in Solomon was character. And he says, listen, I can trust this guy because he's not asking for riches. He's not asking for even the death of his enemies. He's asking for wisdom for my people. And I know that I can trust somebody like that because they're not all about themselves, but they're seeking me. They're all about what can I do to serve God? How can I honor him? What can I do to honor his people and love his people? And God tells Solomon, ask for anything you want, and I will give it to you. Imagine God coming to you and saying, what do you want? That he would trust us that much to be able to, to come to us and say, what do you want? I know that you're trustworthy. I know that you're faithful. I know that you're uh, a person of character, reliable, believing. Ask me and I will give it to you. Extravagant offerings to God opens the heart of God to give an extravagant response. Let's give in accordance with his desire for us. And, you know, the other thing I was thinking about, I'm so glad that the Lord doesn't withhold from us. But he, he opens up his arms and says, what do you need? He went to the cross for all of us. And knowing that there would be people that would reject him, still, he didn't say, well, I'm only going to die for, for these few people. I'm dying for all sins, for everyone. And as we, as we spread more seeds, there's a larger crop that's produced. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly. I was thinking about this too. When we moved into this building, there's only a few of you that are here that, that were with us in that move. We were moving from a home 
into this building. It was like us moving into the compact center. <laughs> it was huge for us. But you know what? There were, and some of you have, were there, but the things that they gave, the heart that they put into this building, it wasn't, this building wasn't like this when we moved in. But there were people that gave, and now you're seeing the fruitfulness of what they gave. And as we give, there are generations, there are people that are going to come that are going to see the fruitfulness of what you've given, of what we've given. And we're investing in lives of children and youth and adults that will make a difference. We're not just here to play church, but we're here to see God move in a powerful, powerful way. And so we are, we're building a legacy. And those that came before helped to provide everything that we have now. Our giving today will impact many lives in the future. And so God will provide, but it's up to us to respond. Will you give or will you allow everyone else to give? This is a great opportunity for us, you and me, to give extravagantly and then watch and see what God does. Can you grab that chart? So, here's where we are. Here's where we were last week. And uh, our target is, well, our target's 1.5 million. So, if, you know, if you have that, uh, that'd be great. Uh, if, uh, if, we, if we have to take out a loan, we're looking at, we need 300 to 500,000. So, um, we started this giving campaign on July 7th. And on a week later, July 14th, we uh, looked at the giving, and this is where we are now, 130,000. Uh, actually, uh, 131,000. We're $50 short of 131,000. And so you can see that we're, you know, this thing is progressing really rapidly. And, uh, but we need to continue to give because here's our target here. And uh, we, we have an opportunity. We don't know what's going to happen yet with this particular opportunity. And, uh, but if this one doesn't work out, we know that God has something else. And we know that this is what God's calling us to do, to get our own building. And none of us, well, maybe somebody can do it by themselves. But it's going to take all of us. And I was, I was thinking if, if God dropped a million five in our lap, would we give? Because if, if we weren't giving, would he, would he open up these extravagant blessings for us? Because, you know, we may not give anything. And listen, again, this is, this is not about the money. It's about our heart. But it's an opportunity for us as a church do we really, do we want to expand the kingdom? Do we want to have greater influence? You know, it's really up to us. 
And I believe that this is what the Lord is calling us to do. And it's not just for one of us, but it's for all of us to participate and to give. And so to those that have already given, I want to say thank you so much. Thank you. But I know there's more to come. I know some of you are still praying about it. Uh, I know that there are some that can give 10,000, maybe 20, maybe 50,000, maybe one and a half million. And what I'm asking you to do is just pray and ask the Lord. And then don't allow the enemy or don't allow yourself to talk yourself out of it. But just obey. Just simply obey. And I'm really excited about the giving of what you guys are doing. And uh, it, was a, it was a stretch when we moved into this building. And every time we move, it's going to require more. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a stretch. But we don't get to the next level without going through some stretching. So um, I want to thank you again for your, your gracious giving. And, and uh, I know there's going to be more coming. When we talk about new wine, we have to talk about uh, a new wine skin to hold fresh wine. And I think that that's what God wants to do. That's what God is doing in our heart. He's bringing a freshness, a newness, a challenge to us to, to take it to another level. And God will provide, but he provides many times to people like us. So I want to thank you in advance for your giving. If you have prayer needs, the prayer team will be here. And uh, I want to challenge you as always. Make a difference in the world around you. Go out and live it. You're dismissed. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week and remember to live it. God bless you.